0: Hey, team. Welcome back to the show today. Coach Andrea and I for another Q&A. Andrea, how has your week been? Anything new going on?
1: My week has been good. Uh, There was no nutrition adjustment this week. Um, My weight held at the exact same amount until yesterday. (laughs) And then it's just like we tell our clients, like just as you start to get frustrated with it, you're going to see a drop. And so yesterday I was down a pound and a half today, two pounds. So things are moving now. Um, I've been like a little bit sick. And so I wonder if like that messed with me a little bit. My son is, he's six and he sucked his thumb for the longest time, quit. And now he's not like, he'll suck his thumb overnight whenever he's sleeping. But then during the day, he started like chewing on his Hands and his arms and like licking his knees and just like has his hands in his mouth whole time. If anybody is listening and knows like what this behavior is, I would love to know. DM me at uh, Andy Rogers Fit because <laughs> it is the weirdest thing. It just like popped right up. This behavior and he we cannot keep his hands out of his mouth. So I've been sick a couple times in the last three weeks. My oldest has been sick, <laughs> so we're just like making rounds with that again since he's putting every germ in his mouth again. But, um, training is obviously stayed the same. Nothing's new there and probably won't be for a while, but I am really happy that the scale is starting to move. Cause I know if that wasn't the case, we were going to make another drop this week in food, which would have been fine. Like I kept thinking, like, I don't understand why it's not moving yet, but mm-hmm. like regardless, it's either going to start moving or we'll make an adjustment in, in the diet and get it moving. But I am glad that we don't have to make another drop just yet because I'm pretty hungry where we're at right now.
0: Okay. And you're at 1650 right now, right?
1: On average. Yeah. So it's like 1700 on training days, 1600 on rest days.
0: But you did see things drop a little bit.
1: Yeah. A couple pounds. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, cool. So it sounds like things are kind of starting to move then.
1: Yeah. And I would imagine that it's going to continue shifting. I think it was just like, the time in my cycle and then getting sick and had like a fairly high stress weekend. And, and then like finally a couple of days after all of that settled down, things started dropping. So I think it was just all of that combined. Yeah. And like, it's, it's weird because like I eat the exact same thing other than the training day versus off day diet, which is not all that different. Mm-hmm. I eat the exact same thing, exact same foods every day. <laughs> Water is pretty stable and things like that. So it's just funny how that all works.
0: Yeah. Even in that, like I was having that conversation with a client a couple of weeks ago where you, he was talking about, and for men, it's going to be, of course, like less prone to fluctuations still, but even then, like if you're eating very similar foods, drinking a similar amount of water, there's so many other variables that are going to yeah. cause that to fluctuate. Okay. Um, I have no idea with your son. I have zero <laughs> <laughs> zero helpful things to tell you there. Uh my end i feel like it's been a pretty good week pretty standard to the last few um as of today actually i'm starting a deload so we've been pushing the build phase for what like i think we're at five and a half months now um what it what i think we started in december actually so we may actually have been at six months it's crazy to think it's already been that long um but yeah so wrapping up like the first block of building at about six months here so i'm gonna have one week of deloading for this week like my food isn't changing at all we're just keeping basically at the same surplus calories to really just expedite the recovery process a little bit more um and that's what like i know we talked about this the, the last couple of weeks like i feel like mentally it was having a hard time a couple of weeks ago and like since working through that like I like mentally feel much better in my, like at the end of this muscle cycle than I normally do where I just like feel a lot more run down normally at the end of a muscle cycle. Mm -hmm. So it's been weird to see that actually like improve, but it's just been like every week for the last two weeks. It's just like, like I feel good going into my sessions, but the reps just aren't there. Like a lot of my movements, like my bicep movements and like my chest movements have regressed just a little bit. And it's not even like I feel bad, even like going to the set. It's just like there's just not as much there. Which again, I know like once we deload, I'll probably see a jump forward in that. But from here, then we are going to take the next week to like deload. We're gonna get blood work done again. Um, and then from there, we are going to be entering a mini cut, which I think is gonna be something like four to five weeks. Um, i'm pushing to lose like one to one point five percent of body weight per week. I'm excited to get into that too. I'm tired of eating as much food as I have <laughs> been, and it'll be nice. I feel like during that, like training volume will be a little bit lower, similar to like a I know training volume we're taking to like just right above my um main my like maintenance volume needs, essentially. So that'll be a little bit lower as well. Very similar to what we talked about with your training last week, like just doing enough to maintain during this time, especially with the of being pretty aggressive. Um, And especially in a mini cut, like I'll pull clients volumes back quite a bit more. I know we we were just talking about this recently as well, but um, yeah, from there, then we are going to be entering another building phase um, for like five months, I think. And then actually, shit, that would have to be like three months because our wedding's October 28th. And I know we're going to do like a six to eight week cut leading to the wedding and all that's kind of in flux, but yeah, that's kind of the plan for the next couple months here. And then we are also um from a movement perspective, we're keeping like I know the plan is to basically keep everything the same except for I think I'm selling one of my pieces of equipment. So I have like a converging chest press, which the are thing is selling
1: don't, that? I thought yeah, you
0: I liked it. I it's okay. The problem with it is like with my shoulder, especially, you can't to really like brain in the lengthened range. It's not like you know how you'll see people like do a hammer strength press and they'll like put the yoga block in yeah. front of it to like start in the mid-range. There's no way to like set it up like that till so to like actually get to where like because otherwise it's either like you have to stop with a short, you have to like stop your range of motion short to where it's like you don't really get a stretch on the pec or you have to start the press just so deep in that range. And for me, for, especially with my, my like shoulder issues from the past, just really irritates my shoulder as much as anything else. So, um, I don't know. So with that, like, I'm, I think I'm going to sell that. And I think I'm just going to get a Smith machine again. So
1: do you think it's just as effective to just put your bench in front of the cable machine and do a cable chest press? The thing is
0: like, I have, yeah, exactly. So that's what, like, I have the cable chest press. I have those two pieces of equipment. I don't know. Have you seen that lat pull down that I have?
1: Um, was it there when we were there for the meeting? No, no. no. I have not like in the
0: background of some of my videos, but I got like a lat pull down as well. And like it's like it's the Nautilus Nitro lat pull down. It's
1: the So is so that like, better than using the lat pull-down seat for the prime?
0: I would also say no. Okay. <laughs> um I thought it, I taking thought it was taking a valuable
1: good. real estate in there. <laughs> I
0: know. So that's the thing. I think I want to sell both of those because like from the chest press. And then similarly, like, I think that lap hold on is solid. I like it, but at the same time, like the, ch- the, a cable chest press is like my most disruptive movement right now. And that's the thing is like that machine press chest press is the exact same thing, except for, for me, it's like, just doesn't feel as disruptive and it like hurts my shoulder a good bit more. Whereas like, I love that cable chest press. Um, and then same thing with like that, that lap hold down. the problem. The problem with that is like my arms are so long that similarly it's very very hard for me to like get a good lat stretch with it it bottoms out before i can get there again i think for most people that wouldn't be a problem but like with me being six three and i have like very long arms even for as tall as i am it's like harder to get that range of motion so yeah i think i'm gonna just sell both of those and put a smith (laughs) machine in instead cool
1: where'd you sell your smith did you just sell your smith machine on facebook
0: yeah i just sold it on the facebook marketplace yeah um but i'm ready to just get that done with so i can stop obsessively looking at gym equipment um
1: do you have a preference on the smith machines that go straight up and down versus on an angle
0: that has been my challenge honestly i wish you knew like the amount of time that i've been looking (laughs) into this um because like from a like from a pressing perspective like that's like most of your barbell presses it would be like at a slight angle you're not pressing straight up and down yeah. Um but at the same time like typically the, the ones that move straight up and down like have felt better to me. I'm not sure why that is. So I I'm I'm very torn on it and I'm still not sure. I need to just yeah. like make a decision and it's stop It's just like
1: it. movement by movement like which one is better. I know. step back lunges, know. that little angle backwards is so nice, but then some like squat patterns you just want straight up and down.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, I love a Smith machine reverse lunge as well. Like I, for both clients and myself, I personally like love that as a glute movement. So I'll definitely would like, if I had a Smith machine again, I would for sure be incorporating that. Um, and again, we would be using it for a decent amount of my presses, but um, we'll see. I'm kind of torn on that. All right. You to get into some questions. Yep. Cool. All right. I know you have more than me, so go ahead and take it away.
1: All right. First up is is there such a thing as fast versus slow responders to nutrition and training?
0: Absolutely. Um, I would say that's more specific to training muscle growth than it is to nutrition. Um, there's a huge, there's going to be a huge genetic component to, um, how your body responds, like your ability to build muscle growth. Right. I know even like with with peds so like performance enhancing drugs even then there's people that are like non-responders or they just don't respond nearly as well like there's a genetic component to that as well so i don't know why that's where we went right off the gate but (laughs) again like your ability to add muscle tissue your genetics are going to be a large component to that now i think that people can use genetics as way too much of a crutch like um I think everyone is capable of building a great physique that they feel great in. And like, they like the way they look now. Are you going to like, like, like Steve cook for me was always the guy where it's like, if I just train our, I thought in college, like if I just trained super hard for like the next three years, four years, I'm gonna have the same physique as Steve. And like, we haven't gone there yet. And I think it's been like 10 <laughs> years now, but, um, there will be limits. It's very, it's very similar to like, <clears throat> are there genetic resp- are there like slow and fast responders to like playing basketball right where there's going to be some people who are naturally just more talented at it and better suited for the sport and there are going to be some people where like hey as you practice you can get good and definitely see big improvements because you might never be an nba player does that make sense yeah okay so then from the nutrition perspective um i would say that's a little bit more nuanced still because there's there will be people who it's like hey um maybe you've like pushed, tried to diet before and things just haven't gone as expected and there's going to be a lot of variables there like digging deeper into like when we're assuming adherence is perfect um your lifestyle stressors your sleep your neat things of that nature and even then digging into like okay so How's your health, right? Like, what are your thyroid markers like? Like, what does your blood work look like? If that's something we need to dig into. And that can have a big impact on um, how someone will, will respond to those things. Similarly, like from a nutrition perspective, we talked about um, like adaptive people with more adaptive metabolism. So individual some individuals just genetically um, <clears throat> when they eat more their body will increase the amount of things like pacing, fidgeting, blinking that they do. So a response to eating more, they will also upregulate the amount of movement that's happening and thus, it'll be harder for them to gain weight. So like in one end, you might think, well, this person's a hyper responder, like a quote unquote hyper responder to reverse dieting. They can just eat so much food and they don't gain weight. right?" So on one end, that's often perceived as a good thing. But then to take it back the other way, when those people try to diet and suddenly like their body also downregulates um things like pacing pigeon and blinking a lot as they eat less. So thus can also be more of a grind for them to lose. So like that's a, that's another component that will impact it. But yeah, there's always gonna be like individual variants. Um I think that like nutrition, if we can account for all those things, like your health. Um, being in a good place, you're tracking accuracy, your knee, your sleep. I think like nutrition is like more uniform and consistent as far as like how people respond to it versus training. What's your take on that?
1: I totally agree. and also agree with like training has more of that genetic responder component, whereas on the nutrition side, there's definitely going to be, like you said, the um, the more adaptive and more flexible metabolisms, but I, I, that is a genetic thing, but it just like, it changes the way you have to diet. It doesn't change that you respond to a diet as long as you're in a healthy place. You know what I mean? Like if you're in a 500 calorie deficit, then In theory, (laughs) you're going to be losing about a pound per week based on that. Now, there's a lot of variables there, um, but that's that's given that you actually are in a 500 calorie deficit, not just projected 500 calorie deficit. So like one person can get into what is 500 calories less than their maintenance and they'll lose like clockwork, whereas that adaptive metabolism, like they're going to naturally move a little bit less, pace less, blink less. And now all of a sudden they're actually in like a 100 calorie deficit and it doesn't really show that much difference, um, on the scale. But yeah, I mean, with training, you can see, like, if you think back to high school, there was like boys who just look for high schoolers kind of muscular and they're doing the exact same things (laughs) as all the other boys, like on the football team or whatever. And they just look more muscular, like they're probably genetically just going to respond better to lifting weights than like the skinny beanpole type kid. So I mean, that's, that's like a really obvious one, but I I would also not focus on it too much because it's something that you can't change. So like you can still get a response. It might not be as fast as the next person, but you can't like just hate that enough to change it. (laughs) So you might as well just make sure that you're optimizing everything as much as you can on the nutrition and the training side and do what you can with the genetics that you have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's a very good point as well. Like even like the, the high school reference, like I know like the, like the dude I lifted with like all through high school and college, like um, one of my good friends, like even from like, I remember when we were in like, fifth grade dude was just ripped and we were all like yo what are you what are you doing it's like oh I don't like nothing um even then like but I would always be like so consistent like through college like I'd never miss a training session I was like tracking at least like my protein and he would like oh well I'm not able to like lift this weekend it'd be like a couple weeks and then like it was so much less consistent but he would always like come back and like if out just like because of the competitive nature like he would always be able to like Match what I was doing from like a strength <laughs> perspective. It was, it was the most annoying thing. But as you said, yeah. but even if you look at like like cholesterol levels, I think are a good example of that. Like there's a big genetic component to that as well. But it's very much I think like just focusing on controlling what you can control. um And understand there's going to be some individual variation. Cool. Anything else on that? Nope. All right. So after listening to the health phase podcast, what are some signs? To look for that you may need to enter a health phase
1: so for me it was just knowing that i was consistent and things weren't making sense with um the calories that i needed to maintain in order to maintain my weight they were just low lower than what made sense um For my height and weight and activity level and everything, it was pretty far off. And there is, there's again, a genetic component to that as well. Some people are just going to be able to eat more than others. Like having clients makes that so apparent. I have some people come in eating like 25 women coming in, eating like 2,500 calories plus and doing very well maintaining and then some people struggling at like 1700 calories and it's just like a lot of that is going to be consistency but some of that is a genetic component so i wouldn't put all of the like i wouldn't worry about that um and uh, too much i don't know how to word what i'm trying to say but like it is a clue but it's not like the end all be all of like, oh my gosh, I'm eating 2,300 calories and gaining weight. Like, that just probably yeah, might be too much for you.
0: This, that just to jump in quick, like, yeah, that gets overplayed so much, honestly. And I think that it's like detrimental to a lot of people. Like, I see so yeah. many influencers out there who aren't actually even doing nutrition coaching themselves, but they have like a training program to sell, or maybe they like give out, they sell like ebooks or something like that. And it's like, hey, babe, I eat. I, I, don't, I I only, I diet on 2000 calories and like, look at my physique. And if you're, if you're not a small child, you shouldn't be eating less than 2000 calories. And that's just yeah. not actually how it is. Like, yeah. It's Especially that, if
1: you don't have a ton of muscle.
0: Right. And I mean, even like, even like the 1200 calorie mark this thrown out there which that's like for some reason that's the gold standard for like if you diet below this like or if your coach is dieting you below 1200 calories then then they're doing something very clearly wrong but and like they're now of course like is that common no do we want to have to diet someone below 1200 calories no but it's like context it's dependent as well like i've had clients who are like four foot ten and under 100 pounds like they and if they're not extremely active still like we're gonna spend a decent amount of time around there and it's anyways um no that's by no means like me saying like we're going to push someone that low but also i think that this is something that does get overplayed um and especially i think like people really like to like hype it up to like if you follow my program i'll fix your me- metabolism and we'll be like and i want to make sure that like it's like there there are things like that right again like if your thyroid is downregulated we can approve that you should be able to lose on more calories ideally um or at least like see loss on a reasonable amount of calories where you weren't before but again like i think that it gets overplayed to the point where like it's easy to think like if you're have if you have to eat like less than 1800 calories and you're not losing then like you're broken or something where i would say like 90 Percent probably of the women we work with probably have to diet on 1800 calories or less. Would you say that's accurate?
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. more than ninety um, more actually. than ninety percent yeah yeah
0: and again, like it's funny how that's like something that's so frowned upon, but I don't think any like coach that I've ever talked to, like like the bodybuilding coaches we've talked with are like I don't think that anyone's ever it's more like a stigma that's put out there. I think by People who aren't actually coaching a lot of people, or at least coaching oh, yeah, a lot of people, sure. to a very lean position. I'm sorry I interrupted with something. That's okay. That,
1: that's a really good point, though. And I mean, like, I think a lot of the bodybuilding coaches that we have come in contact with, they're not even paying attention to any of that stuff. Like, they just need, they just do what they need to do with their clients and aren't looking at the influencers who are <laughs> talking about that stuff. But that's mostly who it is. It's like influencers. Anyways, that, that's a tangent, but that's a very good point. Um, but okay. So signs that you need to go through health phase. Um, that, that would be one for sure. That's one piece of it that it would be like, I see this and I see other things. Um, so some other things would be, uh, you've just gone through a really difficult deficit. Like maybe you had to dig your calories pretty low, but I would say a health phase after a diet where you get really lean is a good idea. And I, it doesn't have to be an intensive health phase with like supplementation and all of this other stuff that I did. It can just be a couple months or even a month of keeping training intensity a little bit lower and working your calories up and focusing on getting your micronutrients in like that, that could be your health phase. Um, Seeing labs is a big, big piece of this because that's going to give you the best clues to, if something is off so looking at specifically thyroid hormones and that's going to include not just tsh because if you go to the doctor and ask for thyroid check they're going to pull tsh and that's it but tsh can be in a good range and your other ones be off and i see that more often than not so t4 t3 and reverse t3 are going to be good ones to check on um your cortisol and dhea your sex hormones. Those are the main ones that I would want to see to see if you're in a good spot or if something needs worked on. Um, where's your digestion? If digestion is a wreck, there's there are some very simple checklist items that I'll go through with clients that are like the low hanging fruit stuff that a lot of people can help Um, fix their digestion just with those things. But if it's severe or you already have those things on point and digestion is still messed up, then that's something to address and likely needs a health phase to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think just like any symptom that doesn't seem right. So like is sleep way off? Is your skin a wreck? (laughs) Is um, like energy libido, like all of those things, if there's something off and it's not just one thing in isolation, then that's, those are some clues that start to add up that you may need to go through a health phase. And really like, those are things that we just want to make sure they're in a good position before getting you into a position where you're pushing your body. So pushing your body in either direction to build muscle or to lose body fat, because if you are in, if you're if you're working at at 70% and then we push you into a diet or a building phase that percentage is going to continually go down and down like it's just going to get worse from there. So by de- by definition pushing your body in either of those directions is kind of like digging this recovery hole that you have to be healthy enough to get out of in order mm-hmm. to see the benefits of it. So if you um aren't in a good position to do that, then it's not going to be as productive and it's only going to put you in a worse position.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, very nicely summed up. It's basic. Uh, the difference between a health phase and a maintenance phase, like they're almost like interchangeable terms where yeah. you said like a lot of times after a diet, I think it's more so dependent on like, is this like a maintenance phase that we're. And again, like there can be some crossover here. A lot of times the maintenance phase is just like, hey, we achieved the thing that we wanted to achieve, like from a fat loss perspective or even like you just want to like take some time to just focus on maintaining. Um, but there's not like these glaring things that we need to focus on. So like maybe we can continue to push training relatively hard, so on and so forth. Whereas a health phase is typically like we're seeing specific because we are typically going to be right around maintenance. Or I would say health phase also, like as you mentioned, is oftentimes like for someone who gets lean past the point where it's sustainable, like we got ready for a photo shoot, for example. Um, and you actually need to regain some fat. Sometimes a health phase is gonna be a situation where like, as opposed to maintenance, we're trying to maintain here. A health phase like, we are all, is almost always gonna entail working calories up as well. Um, but oftentimes it means like, hey, we may need to regain a little bit of fat in order to be healthier. And it, it also oftentimes comes along with us pulling back, training a little bit more, as opposed to like, again, in a maintenance phase. It might not be a time where you're pushing for a lot of muscle growth, but again, and we're okay to like still challenge ourselves and push harder in our training. This isn't always true for health phases, but again, a lot of times, like it's about like, we need to better manage stress because we're seeing this manifested in like, um, your like sleep, your menstrual cycle, whatever it may be. So, as you said, like, um, so training is another big variable that we're looking at, at there. And again, more so like we're being intentional about like, we're incorporating like these specific foods to try to import to improve your digestion or these specific nutrients um that we that it appears you may be deficient in. i, I think that so again like good signs as you said like if your uh, weight loss is you're struggling with the weight loss and there i think the very important caveat is like also understanding this isn't the first thing that we jump to we've been talking about podcast like stuff like this a lot more on the podcast lately um and I also want to make sure, like for the listeners, we're careful to not like frame this as that's the first thing we jump to, nor because it's so common. Like before, we're just going to jump to, like, oh, for sure, it's like your thyroid is, we need to, like, <laughs> we need like more selenium or whatever it may be. Like, we'll look to first, like, what does your diet actually look like? Right. Because a lot of times there will be things like, well, your diet is deficient in so many things because your food quality is so low. So that in itself is probably what's driving these issues. And also, hey, you don't sleep because you drink 800 milligrams of caffeine a day. Um, And so we don't need to necessarily like go get a ton of labs done and like, let's get you on all these supplements, but let's focus on, hey, here's how you can fill these nutrient gaps with whole foods. And then from there, let's pull back the caffeine. Let's focus on more stress management. And within that, like just like those lifestyle and nutritional interventions, we can improve these things. And it's important to understand, like, or similarly, like if it's like, hey, I'm struggling to lose body fat, like, yes, these things do come up, but much more common than that is like I'm eating super low calories and I can't lose body fat, is like, well, we do have these low calorie targets set in your my fitness pal, yes. But when we actually look at your like your diet logs, you track like three days out of the last two weeks, right? So there's very it's very commonly like this isn't it's incredibly rare that this is the first step that we jump to. and I just think that's an important caveat as well. But again, like, if we know those things are in place and it's like, man, it is just a grind for you to lose much more than you would expect. um if biofeedback is one of the biggest reasons we would like in like entry a health phase, and this this is one where, like, What I was saying there was specific to like fat loss, but if a client starts and it's like, hey, my sleep is terrible, my digestion is terrible, whatever it may be, then we would want to like focus on addressing those things, especially like, because before we enter like a fat loss phase, um, again, like if all your biofeedback is in a bad place, hunger, energy levels, like if those things are bad now, they'll oftentimes deteriorate more in a fat loss phase and just make it harder. But similarly, from a building phase perspective as well, like if your sleep isn't good, you're not digesting like if your digestion is terrible so your body can't actually assimilate assimilate and use those nutrients that we're taking in we're gonna have a much harder time building muscle so we want to address those things before we like push too hard in either direction which is really what it can be helpful for um yeah and then again like even things like uh menstrual cycle like is it consistent healthy um and then like sometimes i've used this for like um do you have like really bad pms symptoms and that's like now this is again like that's not extremely common but for like i think of several clients we've worked with where it's like the last like half of every month for you is just awful then like we probably want to try to address those things to the best of our ability before we like push you hard for anything else because it's the kind of like half the month is extremely hard for us to make much progress anything else to add there
1: no i think that covered it
0: uh, what else you got?
1: Training after surgery, muscle and strength recovery. And um, she did say that this was a tummy tuck and um, implants.
0: Um, yeah, first I would say definitely go with your doctor's guidelines there. Um, I'm actually not knowledgeable on training after a tummy tuck. Do you know anything about that?
1: So it's... I, I haven't had anybody um, have this while we were working together, but it's basically a lot of times it's um, after having kids. And so you have that diastasis and they go in and like bring that diastasis together and kind of oh, okay. like, sew the two sides of your abs up and then also like kind of remove some skin. That's and what stuff a tummy like tuck is. If. If it's like in this context, I know it was like they call it like a mommy makeover,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> where they just kind of like fix the things that pregnancy did to you. And so, yeah, in that case, it is like they bring the two sides of your abs together and then they remove the some of the like skin and, and body fat okay. and stuff.
0: I've never actually worked with a client who had a tummy talk, at least to my knowledge. That is interesting because I didn't know they were actually like pulling the abs closer together again, but that yeah. Makes so, a
1: lot of I do think that you can, I, I, I think it was, this like, is also a removal. Think... Yeah, I think it's also a thing when you haven't had kids to just have the like liposuction. Okay. But I don't know if that's called something Let's go different.
0: with the mommy makeover angle, regardless.
1: Yeah. Do you want me to take this? Yeah, take it away. <laughs> okay. So um I I don't have experience with this. Um, I have had hernia surgery. So I mean I cut into your abdomen. So I'm assuming that the recovery is going to be pretty similar. Um and then with like the breast augmentation, like Jeremiah said, follow your doctor's orders and you're not going to be able to work out for a while, like just rest and do what they say, (laughs) make sure you recover well so that you don't have to have any further, um, like work done to, to fix what you've done by trying to overdo it. So as far as once you get back to it, um, in, in my experience, just from the hernia repair surgery, for a while, like your core is involved in everything, like rolling over in bed and s- sneezing is <laughs> sneezing is horrific. Like all everything that you do, you're using your core. So when you get back to it, starting off really light and using as much external stability as possible is going to be really important. So that means sit in a machine and do like chest presses in a machine, Um, use a leg press where you're just sitting on the, like the horizontal leg press where um, like you just sit there (laughs) and move your legs, stuff like that where your whole uh, core is supported and you have to use Mm -hmm. it as little as possible to get you back into things is really helpful. Um, And you can just go by like your, your pain level with that. And whenever it hurts a little bit less, you can get into Maybe like a seated row where it's not yeah. chest supported, but you're still very stable. And um maybe like a uh cable chest press versus the seated machine. So you're still using a little bit more of your core, but it's not, it's not like a um bench press or anything like that. Um stuff like a dumbbell row or barbell row, like that kind of stuff where like with a dumbbell row, even though you're braced, there's almost like an anti- <laughs> component to it too. That kind of stuff is probably going to come last. So um don't jump into that right away for sure. And yeah. then from what I've heard with breast augmentation surgeries, going overhead, so like pull-ups is pretty uncomfortable for a while. And doing any deep chest stretching with um like dips or chest press is uncomfortable for a while. And I don't I think that in some cases people just like don't, don't do those anymore from then on. So go with whatever your tolerance is for that kind of thing. And if there's any sort of guidance from the doctor where it's like, you can do this like self release in your armpits or something like that to get more range of motion, do that and don't skip it. Cause that way you can get back into things. But, um, I know that that wasn't like a super great answer, but basically just go with your, listen to your body and go with your pain tolerance.
0: Yeah, I think like with the breast augmentation, I have worked with a decent amount of clients like who have had breast augmentation. It's rare that it's like, hey, I just got this done in that situation, though. It's been like, hey, we are just not doing pressing work for a considerable amount of time per your doctor's orders. Everyone that I've worked with has been able to get back to pressing, but it very much is like, of course, part of it just being the time off, there is typically a big deterioration in strength and strength like the feedback i've gotten has been like pressing has just felt as a whole just different mm-hmm. um that said typically like especially if you have just gotten a breast augmentation you're probably not too worried about like i need to build the most jacked pecs alongside that so i don't think it's that big of a deal like i still like we will typically like focus for most women we work with regardless we will typically focus more on like the clavicular pack um and but over time, I think like still like we're able to continue to progress strength. Like just from like the anecdote that I I like for clients that I've worked with, it's it's again just if you give it time, it doesn't seem to be a problem. Um, it's just something that always like any client that I've worked with who has had this done, just they're typically a little bit more leery around pressing, which is understandable. Um, and then but it, I think like over time it it comes back. But again, like tip, I don't. This isn't always the case, but again, typically, like presses, chest presses specifically aren't a huge priority. So I haven't yeah. ever really, for like most female clients, so typically like they're typically not nearly attached to their strength as for for chest pressing, like versus what like a lot of men are. So in that case, I like haven't, I generally haven't seen it be much of a problem. Just give it time, as you said. Yeah, anything I don't else think I have there?
1: anything else there.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, that is what we have for y'all for this week. As always, we appreciate all the great questions. If you're enjoying the show, do us a huge favor, leave us a five-star rating interview wherever you listen. Um, I don't know what that actually does, but I'm pretty sure it helps us (laughs) get more reach and reach more people. And then if you want to apply to work with our team, just click the application in the show notes. We will reach out, get a call scheduled. Um, work through. Do we feel like it's a good fit? Do we feel like we can actually help with where you're coming from? And if from there, I think that's the case, then we'll we'll talk through what the coaching process actually looks like and just give you some more clarity around like what the process would look like to achieve what you want. But as always, thank you for tuning in and we will catch you guys next time.